Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Coming up on the latest edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce, we visit with Stacy's old teammate, Bill Cartwright. We'll share some great stories about their time together on those first three championship teams and the last dance. Plus, Stacy lets us in on a secret, a new snack sensation that's ready to take over the country. How many of you ever had these gummy colas. <laughs> kids, look at it. Look at it. Kids and grown-ups love it. So, <laughs> Hey, the Bulls are on a winning streak. It's been another crazy week in the world of Chicago sports, and we've got it all to talk about in the latest edition of Gimme the Hot Sauce. I'm Mark Shanowski, Stacey King alongside John Walsh, Southside Susie, and Timmy Whispers is back from Florida. Coming up in our next segment, we have a very special guest. Bill Cartwright is going to join the show He's got some great stories about playing alongside and against Stacy in practice. I think uh, Stacy uh, almost had a fractured larynx himself uh, from Mr. Bill, didn't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he almost took the old Adam's apple out. <laughs> I mean, almost had to have it surgically repaired. Hey, Timmy Whispers, how was Florida? I know the first time you, day you were down there, you were complaining it was 50 degrees and it wasn't oh my sunny. Goodness. Did it get better for you? It did get a little better. I did get burnt one day, but uh, I'm sorry you guys had to deal with that weather up here, so I, I'm not going to complain, otherwise I'll... Get a beating from you guys. Hey, one thing that did get better is there's beer in there. I know, I see that. <laughs> oh, we, we finally filled up the beer. We we were dry last week. After the beer roast, I thought last week's show was pretty lively considering there were no beers. Yeah, it was it was pretty lively. It was we had fun. We always have fun on the show. And Stacey, you've been having a lot of fun calling Bulls games lately. You and Adam have, have great chemistry, and I notice you guys are are, are are really hitting a new level, I think. Yeah, you know what? Working with Adam, I mean, it's just been, you know, I I, I didn't think we were going to jail this quickly, um, but we have. I mean, it's it's been kind of magical. I think the Bulls fans really enjoy it. Um, I enjoy it. He enjoys it. He's quick-witted, you know, and, and so it makes it a lot of fun for me because we can just toss things back and forth. And um, he has a different energy, you know, different energy, which brings my energy level. I'm always at a high level of energy, but now I'm at a higher level of energy. And you had to follow these guys on social media. I mean, it's crazy some of the stuff you've had on, on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Stacy King on the down low and all kinds of different starring oh, roles. Oh, my man. goodness. You know what? So so it started last night. We were talking about, you know, we do the nationwide jingle. Yeah. And so Adam's throwing it to me, and he's like, you know, we're talking, you know, on air about the nationwide jingle. The game's going on. We're talking about the nationwide jingle. And I said, you know, it would be pretty cool if I got auto tunes and started mixing <laughs> remixes with this with the nationwide jingle. Yeah. And Adam's like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. I wish we could figure it out. So then, you know, today I figured out how to do it. There's an app that has auto tunes on it. 
So then I sent Adam, because we always send each other back stuff back and forth on uh, Twitter. So I sent him the uh, auto-tune version <laughs> of Nationwide Jingles, the remix. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty funny. I think, the, he, I think the fans got a kick out of it. He sent it to me, and I'm ready to go down to the, my nearest Nationwide and get some insurance. I don't know about <laughs> it, but I could use hey, some more insurance. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Nationwide, if you're out there listening, hey, you know, we're, yeah. we got room for sponsors out here. <laughs> I'll sing that jingle every hour on the hour. So if you need us, come, you want me to sing it, I'll sing it. Only in auto-tune, though, right? Only on auto-tunes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it auto-tune. So if you want somebody to sing that jingle, I'll sing it every 30 minutes. Right. Nationwide is on your side. Woo! And Stacey <laughs> King is, too. Well, that was our shameless attempt to get some sponsors for the show. But <laughs> we are shameless. We, are, boy, we don't turn nothing down but our collars here. We must, give be, out of, sauce. We must be out of mixtapes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy's still selling them out of his trunk. Yeah, yeah I'm still out selling out of the trunk, the underground rapper. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the play on the court for the Chicago Bulls. As I mentioned, they won a couple in a row. should be three in a row. We won't talk about that Oklahoma City debacle, but, you know, Chicago fans can be a little fickle at times. I know last week on my mentions in social media, people were like, oh, i got to trade Zach Levine. He's not a winning player. And all of a sudden now, he's been more efficient against the Rockets. He was 11 for 16 with 33 points. He had 10 assists against Dallas. You think that, that maybe he and Billy Donovan had a meeting in the minds and talked about those late-game situations, Stacey? Well, I mean, it, it's been tough for him because, you know, he is the Bulls' best player, and he's the guy you want to take those last second shots to put you in position to win games. And he's only doing what the best player is supposed to do. Now, with that said, you know, he hasn't been in that situation a lot as a player because he's, his teams have not won. It's not his fault. You can't blame Zach Levine. I mean, in Minnesota, could have been Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins' fault. So he was just part of a, a team. But now with the Bulls, he's the main guy. And I think now what he's watching film, he's probably talking to Coach Donovan on how to make the game more efficient in late-game situations. You know, what's the shot you actually need? If you're down one, you're in the penalty, do we go to the basket? You take what the defense gives you. Maybe you create and give it to someone else. That's something he's going to learn. This, this team has to learn. And I made this comment on air, Mark, is that, you know, the Bulls is a team that used to be down by 25. They used to be a team that always had to come back from 15, 20 points to try to come back and win games, and they'd fall short because they'd run out of gas. This is a different Bulls team. This is not your grandmother's Bulls teams, okay? This is a Bulls team now that is playing with the lead early on. They're having 15, 20-point leads, and this is new to them. This is a new new horizon for them. Now they have to learn how to play with the lead instead of trying to come back being down 15 or 20. I think that's a learning experience. I think they're going to get better. And to be honest with you, you look at their record. I mean, what is their six and eight, I think, six now? Eight, yeah. they, they easily – could have been they easily could have won eight or nine games right now. Four four losses, three points or less. Yes. I just looked it up. Yeah, I was looking at the standings. You get give them the win against Oklahoma City, the win against Golden State, and they're sixth in the East right now. Yeah. And and here Playoffs. and here's something else that, that I think Bulls fans have to be encouraged about. You know, last year's offense was a, a debacle. It just you you didn't know what was going on. They, they, it seemed like they were confused out there. They have a purpose, a sense of purpose this year. They're one of the top scoring teams in the NBA. They're in the top yeah. top three. I think they're second in the league in scoring. That is a remarkable feat compared to where they were last year and the year before that. Now, with that said, their defense has to catch up now. They've got to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. And if they get to the middle of the pack defensively, they're going to be a playoff team. 
We saw what happened in some late game situations, the winnable games that got away in Los Angeles where Zach was forced to take tough shots late. In that Oklahoma City game, he had the ball at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime, had ended up with very difficult shots. You see growth. In the Houston game, the ball swung. Zach made the extra pass to Lowry. He hit the three. Lights out. There's been games where Zach Levine has basically let the game come to him. That's the maturation process. This is year eight for Zach, so it looks like he's starting to get it. But I also believe it's the coaching staff, too. I believe that Billy Donovan has been able to reach him maybe than other coaches haven't been able to reach. And Zach, to be honest with you, is a gym rat. He hates to lose. Zach is not about stats. If Zach could only score four points and the team wins, Zach Levine is happy. You know, it's not like, oh, I got to get my 30 and we, you know, we lost, but I got my 30. He's not that type of guy. He's a kid that wants to win. He understands about legacy. He understands about, you know, what it takes, you know, what he wants to be and what it takes to be a winner. He's just got to find out how to do it, and I think he's going to do it here. I love your nickname, Garrett Temple. Temple of Doom, knocking down big <laughs> shots. He had 21 in the win over Dallas, and, and he has stabilized that group even as he stepped into the starting lineup for Patrick Williams the other night. But as a bench guy, the stability he brings to that young group is really impressive. Big-time pickup. Uh, I, I mean, underrated signing for AK and, and Mark. Uh, this is a guy that everywhere he's gone, you hear nothing but good things about Garrett Temple. You know, great, great locker room guy, great veteran, comes in professional. And with a young team, this is what they need. You know, you got guys like him and Thaddeus Young, who Thaddeus Young last year didn't get to play the way Thaddeus Young is accustomed to playing. You know, Jim Boylan, for whatever reason, uh, did not really give – you know, Thaddeus Young, the chance that he really Yeah, he deserved. wanted him to be a spot-up shooter, which yes. is crazy. And and you see now Thaddeus Young is playing the way you saw him play in Indiana, yep. where you saw him play in Philadelphia. He's playing mid-post, you know, the spot-up jumpers, 18 to 15-foot jumpers. He's on the post. He's on the move. Billy Donovan has done his homework on these players. I mean, he understands what their strengths are, and that's a sign of a good coach. When you recognize what, what, what it makes Thaddeus Young a good player, Okay, let's put him in those situations. Let's not put him in situations where he's not good. Let's put him in situations where he's good. You see in Lowry Marketing's free throws going up this year. He's attacking more. He's not just sitting out at the three-point line. He's playing an overall game, and his confidence is soaring. This whole team's confidence is soaring. Minutes are going to be an issue when you get Sadoransky back, when you get Chandler Hutchison back, but I guess that's a good problem to have because Denzel Valentine stepped into a role and been very productive. He had 13 eight rebounds against the Houston Rockets, and, and you guys joke about the old man game, and that's true because I... <laughs> OMG, I, I, baby! I, we've played against guys in pickup games where you're like, how's that guy scoring? But he looks I, like hey, that at times. I, I've always been, all jokes aside, we we you know we play with Denzel because he's got that old man game. Yeah. It's, that, it's that guy that you wouldn't pick in a pickup game. He'd be the last guy picked, but you'd never you, you'd lose. you have Timmy Whispers over there, right? Yeah. Well, oh. no, no, we, we lost a couple with Timmy Whispers. See, Timmy, Timmy doesn't have the old man game like Denzel. His game's a little bit more modern. But Denzel be the guy you, you wouldn't pick. He'd be the last guy picked in a pickup game, but you would never lose a game. You would always win with him on your team because he does so many different things uh, well. He's the Bulls, arguably the Bulls' best passer. I've always said that since he came from Michigan State. Um, he can shoot the three. He's a great spot-up shooter, which really baffled me that you know the previous coaching staff didn't find a way to put him in the game and utilize his skills. And when he did get to play extended minutes last year, 
he did very, very well. And so, you know, we joke the OMG, the old man game, <laughs> sponsored by, you know, uh, you know, uh, KT Tape and Vicks Vapor uh, Vicks Vapor uh, Tiger Bomb. <laughs> we always come up with something catchy, but it's all in love for, for Denzel because I'm a big fan of Denzel Valentine's. I've always have been, and I'm so happy for him that he's getting an opportunity to play. There's been some games where he hasn't gotten to play. He didn't sit on the sideline and pout. When his number was called, he was ready to go, and he's done that here uh, in the last couple of games. Nice to see Lowry coming back after missing several games because of the health and safety protocols. He had 29-10 and 10 against Dallas and just picked up kind of right where he left off in terms of his aggressiveness, attacking the basket, and being able to knock down those open threes. Well, I mean, he understands what this is about. His team was playing pretty well with him being out on um, and with injury and sickness, and now he has, understands he's got to come out there and continue to do the things that he was doing before he left. And what he was doing before he left, he shot the three very well. He was shooting close to 50%. Uh, he was getting to the free throw line. He was being very aggressive. He was rebounding the basketball, and he was playing big. And so now he's come back, and he's picked up where he left off. I mean, you know, that first game, I, I knew he was going to have a great game against Dallas. He licks his chops when he gets to go against Luka and Porzingis. These are guys he's played against since he's a uh, youth. So right. he's always played well against them. So um, it didn't surprise me that he had a huge game. Um, but I, I tell you what, man, I, he's a great kid. Um, you know, last year I thought he lost his confidence a little bit. I thought Jim Boylan, you know, really kind of hurt his confidence a little bit. Um, and you could just see, man, I mean, it's a big difference. You know, I don't want to bury Jim, you know, and, and make it feel bad. But honestly, there's a big difference in the coaching staff, you know, compared to last year. There's a lot more nurturing. There's a lot more confidence boosting. Guys can um, actually make a mistake, Mark and not worry about getting pulled out. You never see Billy Donovan yell or scream. You never see him get losing. I mean, he's gotten a couple technicals, and I had to really look on the monitor to see what he said because, <laughs> I mean, it's like Timmy whispers. You don't know what he – I mean, he's just whispering. I, you know, he, I don't know if he cursed at the ref and he whispered it like, you know, yeah, screw you, right? You know, I don't know what he did. But he got a technical, and it's like – and you watch him, it's like he barely talks. So, I mean, unless he wrote it on a piece of paper – and said, you know, F you here. <laughs> That's how he got it. I don't know. Excuse me, Mr. Referee. I have a note for you I'd like you to read. <laughs> All right, so it's onward and upward for the Chicago Bulls, uh, but the big story in the NBA was the four-team blockbuster. James Harden got his way. He got out of Houston like so many petulant superstars do. He said he wanted to be traded. His first choice was Brooklyn, and voila, he winds up in Brooklyn. I tell you what, I mean, that's the new trend now. You know, if you're not happy, you know, do something to get yourself out of that situation. Um, me personally, I mean, I'm, I'm an ex-player and I'm always going to be for the players. But at the same time, you know, this has kind of got to stop. You know, there's got to be a, some kind of, you know, drawing a line in the sand um, and, and say, hey, no, you, you got to honor your contracts. You know, I mean, forcing your way out. You know, who knows what this trade's going to do for Houston? In the short term, it could help Brooklyn win a championship in the next year or so. But for Houston, even though you got all those picks and you got you know got Victor Oladipo in that deal, which which also helps because you had to get a, you know they had to make that trade with Karis Levert to Indiana to get Oladipo. But he's not in a long term deal there either. That's probably short term as well. So you don't know you know how that trade's going to be in a, in a few years, and it could really not be as beneficial to Houston as we all thought it was going to be because we don't know what's going to happen in the draft. We don't know who the next Zion Williamson is. We don't know who, who the next great player in the draft that everybody wants and that's going to be a, a lottery pick. That no, one can, no one knows that. 
Well, what Houston is hoping is that Brooklyn's going to fall apart in the next three or four years, and those picks they have down the road in 25, 26, 27 may turn out to be top five. And that's what happened with the Boston Celtics, how they were able to maximize their value in the Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce deal they made with Brooklyn years ago. Don't you think it was time, though, for Houston to kind of blow it up? I mean, yeah, I mean, Tony. And, they, they weren't going to go know. anywhere with that group. No. You know, so They, you, they went as far as they could when they had Chris Paul, and they, yeah. they had a chance to knock off Golden State when they were at home in Game 6, and they let it get away. So, you know, now James Harden, amazingly, you know, we, we joked about the fact that, that, you know, he was out of condition and overweight, and now he's, he's playing like an MVP that he's back in Brooklyn. I mean, that game against Milwaukee Monday night was classic lead going back and forth, high-level play from both squads, and you get the feeling this Brooklyn team, without Kyrie Irving even around, with Harden and Durant, is so difficult to stop. Well, I mean, you know, you look at James Harden in Houston. I mean, he was grossly out of shape. And, you know, then he gets to Brooklyn. It's almost like he was wearing a fat suit in Houston because <laughs> he just – he looked like a totally different he player. Did. He like he dropped like 20 pounds before – from well, Houston. Yeah, maybe it's the dark color yeah, uniform. Yeah. I don't know. But he yeah. looked like he dropped 20 pounds within a week, okay? Well, he was so, going end-to-end. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, but, I mean, you saw him in Houston. I mean, he could barely – he wasn't the James Harden that we were used to seeing. Um, but – you know, when you put him with Kevin Durant, they're best friends. They're good friends. They're not going to have a problem. And and what you've seen with James Harden is James Harden can play the point guard position. When he was in Oklahoma City, he played point guard where Russell Westbrook was the two guard. And he led the team in assists, and he was getting triple doubles then. Um, and then he realized that, you know, Oklahoma City kind of wanted to pay him as a reserve and not as a starter. And then that's where that problem came. And then they moved him to Houston, and he became an all-star. Um, but – you know, Brooklyn, I tell you, the only problem I see with Brooklyn right now, if, you know, the depth, they don't have quality depth. Their bench took a hit with that trade. Yeah. You know, you got rid of a lot of guys to get it. And, and understand, to get something like Harden, you got to give up something. And they had to give up most of their, their reserves, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. I mean, they gave up some really, really quality players. Their bench had uh, 13, uh, 15 points last night. Yeah, they didn't so, need, need money. Four, yeah, four <laughs> players, you know, off the bench last night. And See, Milwaukee was the same thing. They had their big three with, with Giannis and Middleton and Holiday scored yeah. most of their points. But, it, but, it, but to their point, though, in the playoffs, you're only going to go eight deep. Mm-hmm. So you they need to find – they need to find – because you don't have Spencer Dinwiddie, which would have been huge, huge. for them yep. coming off the bench at the point guard position. Then you could have moved Kyrie. Could you imagine Dinwiddie, Kyrie – uh, Harden and then Kevin Durant there, and then you throw whoever you want out there in that that fifth spot. I mean, they would have been Harris, they yeah. would have been or Joe Harris. I mean, they would have been. You're playing Durant at the five. Woo, man! Yeah. But you know, right now they're still fig- they're trying to figure it out. Uh, they're all stars. They're going to figure out the way to play. Now the the whole thing is is where Kyrie figures because if James Harden, who's ball dominant, has the ball all the time. Kyrie wants the ball all the time. Kevin Durant of the three is the one guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. But the other two are going to have to find a way to coexist. Whereas I'm not saying when you come down, it's my turn. And then the next time you come down, it's your turn. They're actually going to have to find out which one of those players, the team operates best around with the ball in their hand. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving uh, met the media for the first time since his return from being uh, fined by the league and really didn't offer a lot of explanation for why he went AWOL on the team. And, 
You guys remember that uh, that famous sitcom from the seventies and eighties, Three's Company? Oh, yes. With Suzanne. Knock Summers. on my door. So is is, 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 is Kyrie going to be Jack Tripper or Mister Roper? Because <laughs> we made the analogy that uh, John's Alfred. So so what's Kyrie Irving going to well, be? Well, he might be. I mean, he, he's Commissioner a talent. Gordon. He's a he's a <laughs> he's a talent. He's a talent. What's Jack he Tripper's be, buddy? Uh, Larry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of the bar they went to? Regal Beagle. The Regal Beagle. Regal Beagle. Timmy Whispers. Yeah, Timmy Whispers. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Timmy. Welcome to the show, Tim. <laughs> I'm glad you could be here. That was valuable information. Yeah, it was very valuable. Yeah, because we would have been sitting there like, what is the name of that bar? <laughs> He's like, Regal Beagle. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but, but the whole title thing, Three's Company, I don't know if Three's going to be company in, in Brooklyn because, as you mentioned, you got two ball-dominant guys. Yeah. you got maybe the best player in the world, and Kevin Durant, who's going to be waiting for the, for the pass. How's that going to work with those two guards? Well, you got Steve Nash there, and that's a good problem for Steve Nash, a rookie coach to have. You got Dan Tony there that can also help. And that that system is going to be very conducive to those guys' skill set. I mean, it's going to be wide open. Um, there's going to be matchups. You know, the guy who's going to benefit the most is, is a guy like Joe Harris. Joe Harris is going to probably see more open shots than he's ever seen in his career. 20 points last night, yes. 7 for 12. Yes. Yeah. he. I mean, he – he is going to see so many wide-open jumpers just by with those guys being on the floor. And I'm telling you, he's going to be the guy that benefits the most. It's the other guys that are going to benefit the most with those guys. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is probably going to have more dunks now than he's had since Chris Paul had him out in L.A. Double-double last night. Yeah, and, and the one guy that I thought was going to make a big impact on the Indiana Pacers, Karis LeVert going over Ooh. with uh, – with Oladipo going back to Houston, unfortunately, bad news on his physical. They found a mass on one of his kidneys, and when, yeah. you know, we send our prayers his way that everything's oh. going to be okay. I mean, that's a scary situation because yeah. what Karis LeVert showed in the bubble and what he's really showed over the last two years or so, this was a player on the rise. Let's hope he can get back healthy because you put him on that Indiana team, that's a pretty nice squad. And it's a it's a young team, and you got Sabonis there. You've got you know a bunch of quality players Turner. there. Turner's there. Brogdon. Um, you know, so they've got they've got some really good talent. He's a wing player that can get buckets. He doesn't need plays ran for him. He can get out there and catch it. He can create his own shot. Um, I really like watching the kid play. I mean, he's just it's just it's really sad. I hope nothing is major, and I hope he's yeah. able to come back from it. But you know, it's an opportunity for him now to be a main cog on a team. Whereas in Brooklyn. You know, he didn't know what his role was going to be, you know, because you got all these superstars there, and it's just trying to find your way. Now you go to a team like Indiana who needs a guy like him. They need to step up. You know, they hadn't had a wing player like that since, you know, Paul George at that position, small right. forward. So now they got him, and hopefully he's healthy and he'll be able to bounce back. And the fourth team in the deal, Cleveland, we can kind of forget about it. You've heard about the six feet and under league. They're going with the seven foot and over league. I mean, they're collecting every seven footer on the planet on that squad. Well, that's how the Knicks were a few years ago. They yeah. had like they had like every power, yeah, forward power forwards in the game. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. ten power forwards, and now now you hey, know they're seventh Cleveland, in the East. Who the Knicks? The Cleveland, Cleveland. Yeah, six weren't and they three and all though? And they're now they're six and seven. Okay, yeah. reality. Real They'll come crashing back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna happen very soon. Are yeah. we gonna talk about Andre Drummond here again? Or no, 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 no. no, no. We beat up on him enough. No, no, no. We'll leave that to Shaq and a fool. Yeah. It was a pretty entertaining day of Martin Luther King basketball. I mean, we mentioned the Nets-Bucks game. And how about Steph Curry leading the Warriors back? They were dead and buried in the first half. And all of a sudden, Steph got going. And I know, Stacey, you've talked about the impact of Draymond Green. And he was a big factor in that comeback victory for Golden State. I tell you what, everybody who slept on Golden State and thought they were just going to be an average team, not make the playoffs, they're currently sitting seventh right now, seven and six. They've won six of the last ten games. 
They're starting to get a, a feel for one another. Ubre's starting to hit a little bit more shots now. That's your guy. Um, yeah, You've yeah, been yeah. It's, I mean, banging on that yeah, door. Yeah, they're they're you know twenty three last. Yeah, night. they've got two. They got two very good defensive wings in Wiggins and Ubre. Then you got the scoring of Steph Curry, and then you got Draymond Green, who is kind of the poor man's Magic Johnson of that team. He's really the point guard, the point forward. He makes Steph's job so much easier. He knows how to get people in the right places. Now, I don't know if he's been able to do this on other teams, but in Golden State system, he is just as important to me as, you know, Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. When he's not in the lineup, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell they're a big difference. Their defense is not the same. Guys are not where they're supposed to be. But when he's in that lineup, he makes them go. And yeah. St- Steve Kerr sent a message to his young center, James Wiseman, who picked up a frustration file in the third quarter. He sat him for the rest of the game and yeah. went small said, you know what? We're not going to be having it out there. And a kid who only played three games in college, he needs to learn that lesson early. you got to play the right way. Well, I mean, listen, he can afford to do that because he's a championship coach. You know, a lot of coaches would not have done that because of the fact that they feel like they may have lost that kid. We don't want to lose his confidence. But when you're on a veteran-laden team like Golden State with Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, you've got, you know, you got Draymond Green, you know, Wiggins, all these guys are veteran players, man. You, there's a certain standard that you play with. Just like when the, in football you had the Patriots way. In basketball you had the, you know, you had the Spurs way. You know, when we were winning championship, it was the Chicago Bulls way. So when you get into those systems and those programs, you are automatically going to fall in line. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how many games you played. It doesn't matter. I mean, I come from University of Oklahoma where I was the man, and I, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted to at the college level. And when I walked through that door in, in you know, the Bulls' offices, it was made it was made very clear to me, find some place, get in line somewhere, because <laughs> this ain't Oklahoma, son. <laughs> so, 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 so you fall in. And, that, and that's what good teams do. That's what good organizations do. And, you know, it's good that Steve Kerr, did that to him because now in the long run, it's going to teach him how to play the right way. And it's also going to let him know that you can't come out of here and not be with it, not play hard every night. Well, speaking of winning championships with the Bulls, one of the guys who helped you adjust to the NBA, Bill Cartwright is our special guest. And that's coming up next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Hey, we've got a special treat for you today on Give Me the Hot Sauce. It's Stacy's former teammate on the Bulls' first three championship teams, Bill Cartwright and Bill Welcome to the show. What was it like dragging Stacy and Scott Williams and Will Purdue, those young big pups, around for those years? Those were all different beasts there. Now, Stacy, the only tricky thing about him, and you know he's a lefty, so you know he's going to think a little different way. So <laughs> our biggest challenge was to be able to get him to go right. <laughs> I'm not sure he's going right yet. So uh, that was our biggest challenge. Bill, your comments are not going unnoticed on this podcast. I just, I just want to let you know that, you know. So, Mark is trying to come between us. This is why the Beatles broke up because of Yoko Ono. Mark is Yoko Ono. Wow, it looks like your team is. Uh, uh... Hey, Stacy, it was just an innocent question. You know, obviously, Bill's nick, one of his nicknames was Teach, so he had to teach yes. you young guys how to adjust to life in the NBA, but. Bill, you know, at the same point, these guys were competing for minutes behind you and Horace Grant. What was that dynamic like on the practice court? Our guys were great. Uh, Stacey was great. Scott was great. Will Purdue was great. Those guys were all uh, great young guys. They would watch us, and mainly they would watch us uh, or me to see what I was doing. 
Uh, and what they would really love is to watch me lay on the uh, training table and ice up <laughs> and laugh. At them. And uh, I would tell them, okay, keep laughing. And soon found out that they were on the ice t- on that table uh, before too long. So uh, they, they, but they learn, they learn a lesson. Bill, when you, when you look at today's game, compared to when we played and, and how the postman was so relevant in offenses back in the day. You know, what, what's your interpretation of the game you're seeing now where you see all these seven-footers shooting threes? Uh, would you have liked to play in this, in this era? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to that. The, uh, <laughs> and this is the answer. It's, uh, it's, it's all confusing to, uh, to watch basketball. I don't try to judge it. I try to just enjoy the game. Athletes are great. Uh, guys are really, really athletic. They're fast. They shoot. They move. They're exciting. Uh, but I don't believe everybody's a uh, home run hitter. Not everybody can hit a 350-yard drive. You play your game to their strengths. Uh, so it's a little confusing what the hell they're doing out there. Um, why they're doing it, nah, that's what they're doing right now. So I'm not judging it. I'm just trying to watch it. Yeah, Bill, when you watch a team like the Houston Rockets last year, they were going with uh, six, seven P.J. Tucker at center surrounded by four guards. Does that look like a different game to you? Well, I, I think that game's all right if you are going to win and you're going to win a championship. If, uh, I think that that formula with Golden State where they kind of figured it out to where they played off their strengths, they shot a ton of threes, uh, but also they had some bigs in there to rebound, defend, uh, guys play their roles, but uh, Houston was really confusing because you kept doing the same thing over and over and over again and never getting over the top. So uh, that experiment's over, and uh, I think you move along. But uh, for, for being with the, the Bulls, I think, you know, we had a great formula. We had a great uh, uh, leadership with uh, Jerry Cross and his group. We had great trainers. Uh, Chip Schaefer in their group. We had great strength and conditioning coach with Al Vermeil in their group. Uh, we had a great group of starters, and we had a group of great group of second group of starters. So, where guys played their role. So, uh, you know, I use Golden State. Golden State had the same example of what they were doing. Uh, but you need role players. You need guys who uh, are concerned about winning or giving to the team. And uh, when we see that, uh, it's it's very, very exciting. So, Bill, like everybody else, I'm sure you saw the last dance and because uh, there wasn't much else to watch during the pandemic. So, <laughs> so, so what was your interpretation of that? Well, it was a great highlight tape, you know. Uh, you know, it, it did provide me uh, a great month of entertainment and chuckle. Uh, I didn't realize all of that was going on. Uh, I was I was like all of us curious. I thought we were having fun. I didn't know we were in this misery uh, <laughs> uh, of basketball. Uh, it did turn out with six championship. We were the team in the nineties, and uh, I, I just uh, I was I was disappointed in the fact that um, you know we had so many contributors on that team that uh, made such an impression on our team each and every year. And to not to have those guys get acknowledged, uh, uh, that's the big thing for me. As you know, I'm a team guy. Uh, I, I do appreciate everybody. I do appreciate everybody's job and what they do. 
Um, so that was a disappointment, but yeah. Like I said, it is one of those. We did end up with some championships, didn't we? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the hell happened over there, but uh, I didn't see all that mess. And, in the first, in the first dance, we didn't see all that. Uh, I was there in the second dance. I was there. I was coaching on the last two championship teams. Uh, I didn't see it either. But uh, you know, you can tell whatever story you want to tell, and, uh, and you just gotta go with it. So. Uh, but from my end of it, uh, it was extraordinarily positive. We had great, great people. Uh, it did allow me to reconnect with different players. I chatted with Horace about it and Pip and, and Craig Hodges and, uh, and, and, and BJ. So that was kind of fun. And we were all of a similar mind, as I'm sure, you, you know, when you're watching, you had to sit back and curl your legs up and or feet up and what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your, what was what was your take about how they portrayed Jerry Krause? Because I know like you had a you had a good relationship with Jerry. I had a great relationship with Jerry. I didn't see Jerry in that light. So what was your how did you take that portrayal of, of Jerry in that? Well, my portrayal with Jerry is personal because remember this, uh, just like Jerry drafted you, Jerry traded for me. Uh, and always supported me. I had a chance to spend time with him and his wife, Thelma, uh, to be able to talk talk about a lot of different things. Jerry was really well versed. I love baseball. He loves baseball. So just to be able to get his opinion about different things and different players and why he's doing or why he thinks what he thinks. Uh, I had a chance to do some scouting with Jerry and he loves certain types of players and he had a great vision for those players um, to be able to see that, to be spend able to spend time with them. Uh, it was great. It was, it was brilliant. So um, I, I really loved our, our time together. So he traded for me and then uh, he brought me back. He really talked me into coaching. Uh, I was in California, you know, Stacey, I was all set to be a uh, uh, have my own store at McDonald's. I was going to be a McDonald's operator. Um, so, and he talked me into coaching. So, uh, I really own two careers in this guy, and uh, I I just love every minute of spending time with him. Hey, Bill, at the same point, when talking about the last dance, it really was kind of a glorification of Michael Jordan's career. He was the executive producer. He had final say on what went into the show and what didn't go in. And one of the things they did mention briefly in the show was that was the trade that brought you to the Bulls. It's no secret that Michael and uh, Charles Oakley were boys and he was uh, unhappy that his guy was traded. What was that like for you walking into that situation, knowing that you had a lot to bring to the table, but you had to almost win over the superstar player on the team? Well, as Stacy knows, I wasn't trying to win anybody over. Look, <laughs> yeah. I had just spent nine years, think about this, in New York. Nine years. Uh, I, I had my whole bitch, my whole face on the back of the post uh, either saying, trade me or we love this guy for nine years. <laughs> so what in the world could bother me? <laughs> and, and also, and think about this, you know, when I came to the league, uh, my first game was against uh, Julius Irving, Gerald uh, Dawkins. Um, all these guys played against uh, Bob Lanier, uh, Cream, 
Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I had respect for him, but he was he was younger than me. So I wasn't worried about anybody other than playing basketball for the Bulls. I wasn't worried about one single thing. So, yeah, didn't bother me. So, so, you know, we always talk, you know, we've had Cliff Levingston on. We've had Craig Hodges on. Um, you know, we, Scott Williams is on uh, a couple of weeks ago and we, you know, we always like to give the peek behind the curtain, you know, of what those championship, uh, seasons were like, um, fun times, you know, funny stories. Cause the fans don't really know the fans just saw us winning and, you know, and, and, and how we, how we went about our day and we we're all professionals, but we all had some good stories. You, you've got any good stories of your time there other than the ice bag when you did, I admit you did say, Stop laughing because one day you will be wearing this ice. And I think I was wearing it my second year. <laughs> I think the big thing was is that, uh, you know, everybody had their role. You know, you know what was funny is that you had a thing going with, with BJ. I'm not sure why. It was like you guys were always up to something. And... Uh, I, I can remember you went ballistic one day. You got on the bus because Phil and BJ had got into it about, I think one of them called a, a B, Phil called him a little jackal. A little jackal. <laughs> <laughs> and you went ballistic. So here, here you go. I mean, that's all you need. So you got on the bus and that little jackal. <laughs> jackal. <laughs> That, that that's a funny story though. I never even told that story. We were in a practice, I think we were in Miami and we were practicing and and there was a there was a team, it was really, really kind of heated. Guys were arguing, a lot of people were talking, talking trash to each other. So we were kind of going at it. And uh BJ was sitting behind, like behind Phil's back, and he was just like a parrot. So he was like kind of agitating everything. Yeah, don't let him talk to you like that, Bill. Yeah, Stacy, get him over there. And he just kept talking. So then Phil goes, <laughs> shut up, you little jackal. And everybody's like, everybody stopped talking. And then BJ's like, Phil, Phil, why, why, why are you talking to me like this? <laughs> His little feelings got hurt. So then everybody was laughing there. It was over. So we get on the bus and uh, Phil's in the front of the bus and everybody's in the back. And BJ's like a little kid in the back. He's not saying nothing to anybody. So I just busted out. I was kind of the team comedian, so uh, I kind of lightened up the mood. And so I even tease BJ about that now. I always call him a little jackal. That's his little nickname that Phil gave him, so he's a little jackal. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, – I'm sure that was all Phil keeping it going, wasn't it? Yes, yes. You, hey, you know, we, we talk about Phil. You know, everyone talks about the triangle offense and how no one wants to run it. And, and Bill, I see the triangle offense, pieces of the triangle offense every single night in the NBA game, whether it's the pinch post action, uh, if it's a uh, fist side action. I saw Steve Kerr run a lot of that. Tell the listeners what the triangle offense meant to you and, and, and let them know how good that offense is really, really was and how it could be used in today's game. Why it's not being run. Well, for one thing, it's complete offense and it just allows you to pass the ball to you to all four of your teammates. So it's, it's something you have to commit to. Uh, it's great against pressure. So we were always prepared. Um, I, I really love being in it. Uh, so 
you know, to me, it's, uh, uh, and I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with Tex. So to be able to take that offense and do whatever you want to do it, uh, he would really love it. But um, this new offense, is, uh, as you see and you're watching every night, where it's dribble, 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 uh, where guys can have the ball in their hands and really dribble the shot clock out is just really amazing to me. <laughs> but, uh, um, for us, I thought it was great offense. It just gave everybody an opportunity uh, throughout the course of the game to, to handle the ball, to move the ball, and the movement of the ball dictated the shot. So uh, a lot of players, uh, a lot of coaches, a lot of teams, they don't like that. They want uh, a particular guy to make the play, uh, usually one. So, uh, but for us, for me, uh, it was great. Hey, Bill, you, you were, your career, I mean, you're All-American center at USF and part of the Dandy Doms, 26, you know, your 16-year career, part of the renaissance of the NBA. But, you know, one of the things I love about doing this is getting to know just from reading about all the, the doo-wop music, you're, you play guitar, you've got an advanced degree. I mean, maybe some of the people, the fans of Chicago, you know, you don't know a little bit about you personally and, and some of the things that you like to do that you've done in your career off the court. Maybe you can share some of those. Well, you shared a lot of them, but, but my big thing is just uh, right now I have an opportunity to spend time with uh, uh, our team here at USF. Uh, I have an opportunity to spend a lot of time with my own grandkids. Dave, Stace, I've got uh, seven of them. Wow. So, um, those guys are, are really amazing and to be able to spend time with them and, uh, and kind of give back to that because uh, even though I spent a lot of time with my own kids, I have four kids and uh, um you know, you, you miss that because we were busy at that point in time. We were playing. You were devoted to your career, and then now, uh, it's just it's just a time to get back and, and spend a lot of time with them. So we, myself and my wife, uh, Stace, do you realize I've been married for forty one years? I was just I was just thinking about that. I was talking to a friend yesterday. Uh, she told me to tell you hi. Amy Wyland uh, told me to tell Sherry hello. She watches my dog sometimes. She's got a kennel. She matter of fact. She saw your son the other day. He came over to drop a dog off at her uh, at her house. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> right now it's just an opportunity to get back and spend time. And uh, uh, some people appreciate it. And Stacey, you know, when you get to be an old guy, people look at you like, he's an old guy. Why am I listening to them? But uh, <laughs> Some of the kids take it to heart and some don't, but it's just it's just great to watch. It's great to, to look around. Uh, uh, I'm still trying to play this guitar. Who knows if I'm ever going to play this damn thing, but uh, uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun. So uh, just staying busy and, uh, and, and looking. I'm going to be taking piano lessons. So once I learn how to play the piano, you learn how to play the guitar, we can go out on tour. Do-wop group. And, and matter of fact, I'm learning how to play the piano. Plus, I'm going to be the lead singer. You you have to be the background singer doing the doo-wop. Well, look, you can't play chopsticks, so we're going to play the <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you better work on your 12-bar blues. We'll see what you got. Hey, Mark. Okay, okay that's the deal. You mentioned baseball. Who's your favorite baseball player? All-time. 
Well, of course, uh, here in the city, you know, I grew up, I was an A's Giants fan, so I had an opportunity to spend some time with uh, Willie Mays, and uh, that guy's amazing, but all the Giants, Willie Mays, Will McCovey, uh, I spent some time with Tito Fuentes, spent some time with uh, Dave Kingman, uh, you know, I, uh, when I was younger, I was able to sneak into the... Uh, Giants locker room and I, I and uh, uh, Bobby Bonds gave me two bats, uh, so wow. uh, that's something that really that I really cherish and uh, spent some time with him. But so uh, I'm a big baseball fan. When I grew up, I was a kid. I, I thought I was going to play baseball. I was a pitcher. I could throw really hard, and then I just grew too tall. So and then I and then I found out that. Uh, I'm really not that talented, so basketball. <laughs> hey, Bill. Before we let you go, Stacy referenced the fact that he was kind of the team comedian, and I remember as a as a media guy covering the team. You know, every time the the Berto Center would open up for interviews, there'd be twenty, thirty reporters around you, nine cameras, ten microphones in your face. And and Stacy used to sneak up behind when we were interviewing you and try to impersonate you. And I remember one time. You said, if you don't knock that off, I'm going to kill you. And I, I don't think you were kidding. Did that, uh, that get under your skin a little bit, Stacey, uh, doing that, those impersonations? Look at this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> this guy here. Yoko. Yoko. It's, it's, it's too late, Stacey. It's already been recorded. And you know what's interesting is that my voice, I didn't realize that uh, because they should do it on radio stations. And who is that? We put out an album with my moments. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's just that's that's just that's just what you do. But the king, as we know, he uh, he's always uh, stirring up some trouble. So that's, that's <laughs> see, see, Bill, this is this is why the Beatles broke up. They they, they could have kept making music. The Bee Gees broke up. It's all because of the guys like Mark. Oh, yeah. Trying to come between what we've established all these years. <laughs> Bill is not only my mentor, he's not only the teach, he's a father figure, and he's one of my best friends. So, Mark, there's nothing you can do to come between Bill and I. And, Bill, I just want to go on the record that you put a curse on me. You told me if I kept doing your voice, uh, I was going to lose it one day, and you're right. Uh, I did. <laughs> I, had, I had to get my tonsils out. And I call it the curse of Bill Cartwright. And so I no longer do your voice. And uh, I just want to say thanks for putting that curse on me. You can lift it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is that I still remember this because I got, uh, when I was with the Bulls, I got hit in the throat. Um, because I've had eight throat surgeries. Oh, Wow. And uh, that's uh, really, thank goodness for Jerry Krause, because after I was hit, I couldn't really speak probably for about a year. So because my voice was actually a lot higher. And it's funny to see myself uh, talk in high school and college. But uh, uh, so uh, fortunately and unfortunately, my voice is, uh, this is, this is the way it is. I'm just happy to be speaking. And I'm not sure, gang, we're going to have to talk about this singing. I think that uh, I think I got a shot. I think I got a shot. If I can work up all that, I can stay in a certain range. I got a shot at it. <laughs> He's my you know what, Bill? 
<laughs> Bill, I love you. You know I do, man. I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us, man. It's a, it's always an honor to talk to you. It's always a good to see you at the games. Uh, you need to get out of California and come here when it's cold sometime and stop, you know, teasing us that you're in California. It's not right. Well, look, this is what I want you to do is, you know, because we do listen to you. You're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. Uh, and, and we enjoy it. But you're going to have to change the hot sauce up. We got to get some different sauce, some uh, <laughs> spicy sauce. Uh, I don't know, barbecue sauce. <laughs> you got a whole different, whole different playa of sauces. Now, you got to start using more than the hot sauce. You know what? I thought about that, Bill. I thought about that, Bill. I, but then I thought it would be too cliche if I said, give me the barbecue sauce. Give me the soy sauce. Give me the, uh, <laughs> it'd be like Bill, it'd be like Bill Winnington when he says the pie in the sky or whatever is cherry pie, apple pie. Yeah, no, nah, that's not for me. And I'll think about it just because you brought it up. <laughs> no, I'm saying that everything can't be hot sauce. You, you don't have hot sauce every day. Put some barbecue sauce. I know you put some barbecue sauce on it. Right? It's not appropriate to, to, to the play. Yes, hot sauce. Hot sauce, the, hot sauce is appropriate to the play because someone is hot. Yeah, but he's not hot all the time. Sometimes he's just a little spicy. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up for you. So if you hear me say, give me some uh, wasabi, then you'd be like, okay, my boy, listen to me. <laughs> so even after all these years Bill Cartwright is still to teach Bill thank you so much for joining us it was great catching up and uh, enjoy your life out in the Bay Area we'll talk again with you real soon tell Sherry I said hello Bill alright guys good job you guys be careful up there alright bud coming up next we go off the wall here on Give Me the Hot Sauce You know, one of the great things about Give Me the Hot Sauce is we don't just talk about basketball. We talk about all sports. It's time for off the wall. And when you consider what's going on at Lake Forest at Hallis Hall, that is about as off the wall as it gets. You guys catch that press conference? George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and they, they had Ryan Pace come in and Matt Nagy, and not one of them answered a question. That was like, uh, what was that famous uh, press conference in... Three's uh, Company? No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the Jack Nicholson movie with the uh, the trial and the whole thing. Oh, yeah, you got... Amen. You can't you, you handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Because we couldn't handle it because we got none of it. No question about it. <laughs> wow. Stacy, what, what did you think about that whole press conference? I mean, you talk for, for almost an hour and a half and they say nothing. It's almost like they didn't want to say anything because they're going to be right back in the same situation next year. <laughs> and so if you say something, Groundhog Day. yeah, if, if you say something, you're going to be held to that. So yeah. if you say you're going to make changes, if you say you're going to do this, you're going to do that, then the fans will hold you to that. So it's better not to say anything then. So then you don't have to come back next year and say, well, you promised us this, you said yeah. this, and this didn't happen. I, I forget which of the geniuses said this, but they said outside of the quarterback, everything's fine. Now, I mean, we've watched Bears football. Everything is not fine. They need offensive line help. They need another corner. They need another receiver. Could probably get another running back. I mean, they've got a lot of holes on that team. Yeah, I mean, you know, their defense is probably is their best thing they have going for it. It's getting um, old. Though. It's getting old. Um, they need offensive line help. You know, me personally, because I'm a fan, I'm a quarterback, I'm an armchair quarterback, and I play a lot of Madden, you know, and I made a couple of decisions. I had to trade some of my quarterbacks. In my uh, fa- in my little fantasy leagues too, so I consider myself an expert when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, but I would say this: they need to get offensive coordinator. 
someone that will utilize if they decide to keep Trubisky uh, to utilize his skill because the new quarterbacks, you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, they're all 25 years old. You know, the two quarterbacks, right. Josh Allen, and then you got, you know, Patrick Mahomes, 25 years old. You mean Lamar. the guys that Bears could have drafted? Yes, and Deshaun exactly. Watson? And now you got yeah. Deshaun Watson, who may be out of, you know, leaving They're Houston. They're not going to trade him, are they? You know what? Uh, you, he's a franchise quarterback. I don't think they will because nah, it's so hard to get that kind of athlete. And when you have him, you want to hold on to him. You know, Dabo Sweeney said, you know, he was the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks coming into the league. No one believed him. Now people see have seen him actually operate and what he can do, and he doesn't even have any weapons. I mean, you know, uh, what was his coach, Bill uh, O'Brien? Bill O'Brien. Okay, <laughs> that guy. I'm telling yeah. you. I mean, it was almost like he deliberately tried to decimate that franchise for the, whatever reason. The problem is though, uh, Eric Biemini is going to uh, you know take a look at that job, but can he convince Deshaun Watson to stay? Because like that would he help. Just said, oh, that, that would help. help. Yeah, yeah, that yeah would help. But, They've decimated a lot of that talent, and you know they were zero and five down the stretch. But he was nine nine touchdowns, two interceptions, with a like eleven uh, one hundred and twelve uh, passing rating. So it really wasn't him. I mean, do they have enough? Well, they traded his him? best receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, for a bag of chips. Yeah, know? exactly, a bag of Doritos. <laughs> You know, and they weren't even Cool Ranch. They were just <laughs> regular, regular they were old, stale old generic feet smelling Doritos. The regular ones that smell like bad feet. Yeah. No one eats those. The nacho ones. Those are the worst. Those are the worst ones. Those they are just, left over those, from the charter. Seriously, you know when you you know you ever open up a bag of, of, of nacho Doritos, the first thing you look around is like, who got their shoes off? Like, at least got to put your shoes back on. Alone, right. <laughs> Or maybe maybe Brixie snuck in. Oh. I, you know what? I, honestly, I might rather rather smell Brixie than somebody's raggedy nasty feet. <laughs> the nacho Doritos. Give me the Cool Ranch, baby. I'm a Cool Ranch man. I, We're not gonna have to worry about Frito Lay offering to sponsor. Oh man, we we just ran off another sponsor. No sponsor. I'm hey, sorry. Hey, Southside Susan. Listen, arrived. Southside Susan. <laughs> It's better to be honest, okay? People like honesty, okay? I mean, who eats the regular nacho ones? I mean, I, I don't know anybody who eats nachos. If I go to a party and they're having, like, you know, hors d'oeuvres and stuff and chips, you never see the regular nacho Doritos. It's something else. It's right. going to be the Cool Ranch. It's going to be the pizza one, the one that tastes yeah. like pizza. But you never see nacho <laughs> Doritos. They don't even see them in machines anymore. Like wow. you, you never see nacho Doritos in machines. It's Terry well, Bradshaw now in those ads. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't, I don't like them. I hate them. What they was that like you feet. were you were chewing on in the Zoom meeting yesterday? Those Coke and the, the oh gummies, the gummies, the old Coca Cola bottle gummies. Do they serve those at parties? Oh, they should. They should. Well, no, no I take that back. Now I would no. Don't Is there serve caffeine those, in those because you know no, they they taste like Coke. Mm-hmm. But you don't want them at parties. Those are individual items. You know, that's when people, you know, dirty, they, they, hands. dirty hands and reaching and grabbing them like cella. It's like the you old know? days of baseball, you know, they to get those. Uh, nah, man, speed. you got to. No, no, no. Tell them where your greenies. hands have been. Yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah the nah. greenies, yeah. Nah, my friend Cella, you know, sometimes he'll go in my candy bag and, you know, I I, I question where his hands have been because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Dave Cella, if you're listening, you know, this, this segment's about you, man, but. Oh, no. You know, he's, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he gets around, you know, he gets and, around. And this has nothing to do with the pandemic. Right? It has nothing to do with pandemic. This was before the pandemic. <laughs> Maybe he started the pandemic. I don't know. 
But you forget know, about Bat. He's a camera. Dave Cella. Dave Cella is a good friend of mine. He's a cameraman. He does all the Bulls games. He's an awesome cameraman. Um, but his, you know, I, he's got that his hands. I don't know where his hands have been. You know, he offered me and Neil some candy one time out of his pocket. And it didn't have a wrapper on it. It had lint on it. You ever seen that kind of sticky? Oh. It was all, it was like, oh, like that it's red. Like red curse that, Christmas that, candy. Yeah, butterscotch. Yeah. Who eats butterscotch candy? <laughs> That's like going to someone's house and they give you a candy corn. Like who, who trick or treat? It was a candy corn. You just throw it back at them. No, I don't want it. You know, <laughs> give me something good. Give me a Snickers or something. That's an age group. Yeah, but seriously, no one, no one, no one eats that kind of candy anymore. It's, and you see it in like Target, Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen a big bag of it. You know, no one eats that candy anymore. I like butterscotch. Do you? I do. How old are you? <laughs> okay. See, that's like grandma candy. You know, grandma candy. That's what grandma gives you in church. She gives you that little butterscotch, and you just sit there, and she's like, hey, baby, here goes some candy for you. And then you go, you want to say, God damn it, grandma. Nobody wants to eat this crap. <laughs> Well, that's why that's why this segment is called Off the Wall. Off because the wall, baby. We, we were started out talking about the Bears. Now we're talking about stinky pizzerinos and lint on candy. Oh my god! I don't know Can what's going on. We get back to the form. All right, let's get no, back to the form. No, we don't have to. I mean, this is more fun. Oh my god! I'm sorry, Grandma. I love you, baby. But I you know, you. for Southside Susie, this had to be a terrible week. As we mentioned, the Bears are a dumpster fire, and Green Bay's one win from the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I um. You know, I'm never shy about sporting my Bears hat. And it was right. a, it was a long week. I gotta, you know, if <laughs> if one more if one more person in Wisconsin says, "Hey, who are you playing this week?" <laughs> <laughs> to which, of course, I reply, "That's all you got. <laughs> Give me your best material." They got nothing to say. Although Bob at the post office, um, when well, I sure Bob, yeah. when yeah, I pleaded <laughs> when I pleaded for his best material, he said, um, "Well." He said the Bears playing in the postseason this year was like taking your sister to a wedding. Oh wow! Oh wow! And then and then Jeez. the three guys at, at that's awfully hurtful at yes. the bistro bar on Friday um, reminded me that I think well Jay Cutler just got inducted into the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. Thank you. <laughs> and they, they basically very nice. They yeah. said it's just no fun anymore. I mean the Bears sadly have become such a joke that they've apparently replaced the Detroit Lions as just you know you look at the schedule and you go cool. We got the Bears, easy W. That's sad. It's sad. That's, that's it's really sad. sad. I feel bad for you. Yeah, it was listening to the Bears. It's like a Ned Yost press conference. His pitcher was perfect, perfect, except for that one grand slam mistake <laughs> he made in the bottom of the ninth. And it's oh like, my God! Ned Yost gets a shout out. I yeah. give me that. Sorry, Ned. Sorry, Ned. <laughs> oh my. Sorry about that, Ned. <laughs> Ned will never come on this show. <laughs> There goes another guest. There's awesome. another one of our guests. So you guys think Trubisky will be back? I I don't. I no. think he's gone. I think he's, he's been made the scapegoat of he's all gone. this, even though they got all yeah. kinds of problems. It's just the quarterback. He's got to fix yeah. that. I think just he's coming back. You? Yeah. Yes, Why? I think he's coming back. Listen, that kid can play. Okay, it's the system. Flag football. It's, it's, maybe. Listen, I'm telling you, the kid can play. And I I will say this: if he doesn't come back here. He's going to go somewhere and be a stud somewhere else. Let's go ahead and say something there, Timmy. Breaking news. Well, sometimes these guys can't come back and haunt us. There have been players like that in the past. There are some out there right now. Oh, they go elsewhere? Yeah, look at the players. And then kick our that ass? Were, that were not so great. Uh, Floyd? Yeah, look at Leonard Floyd. Uh, yeah. Leonard Floyd. Floyd. Yeah, he was a total non-factor in the game Saturday. 
He was, but his his year was great, and he did get his body. Uh, what was work. it? A one point eight million dollar bonus, something like that, for getting that uh, tenth sack. He had ten sacks. That's a big year. Wow. Yeah, that's an awesome he year. He had a big bonus for that, and he got it. Uh, Bostic as well is another one. So what, oh. what do you guys make of this whole Deshaun Watson thing? Do you think that the Bears have a chance to get him, or do you think Houston's just going to say, you ain't going anywhere, you're under contract, and suck it up? Is it a redemption thing, though, for him to come here, or is it the opposite? Well, you know, you look at the Jets. They've got the second pick in the draft. If you're going to make a trade, you'd want to make it with a team that's got a high pick so you can get a quarterback to replace Watson if you're going to make that deal. And the Bears don't have anything to offer in that regard. Well, they haven't they, like, mortgaged their future? For when they got Mac and well, they're finally they, back to controlling their own picks again. But they're going to trade three or four more to, to get Watson. I mean, I, I'm not saying it would be a bad move. I don't know if this general manager Ryan Pace would do it because he passed on Watson in the draft four years well, ago. I go back to what Stacy said a couple of years ago. We saw him rolling out of the pocket on the run, doing what most mobile quarterbacks. We see a lot of mobile quarterbacks, but now the playbook apparently has changed under Nagy, right? And now he's been limited, and it's. Doesn't, it's not a fit. So I agree with Mark. I don't see him back in Chicago. Well, I mean, he, here's the deal with this. I mean, like, who are they going to get? Who, you got are Nick you, Foles under contract. Are you, are you gonna Are you gonna continue to? Yeah, they have Nick Foles. He oh, wants, hey, he oh. won a Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh no, the Philly special. No. They, they may draft a quarterback in the second or third listen. round and say Nick Foles is going to start next. Okay, year. listen. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nick Foles. Pass the Doritos. Nick, Nick Foles, yeah, pass the stinky Doritos. Okay, Nick Foles is is a is a is a great backup. Okay, Nick Foles is about as mobile as a George Washington statue. Okay, <laughs> and with an offensive line that is giving up sacks after sacks because they're injury, well, draft, they're old. Draft some linemen. Okay, well, but when 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 was the last time they really really went that route and really sold out on that? Give me some numbers, please. Well, I, I mean, according to my notes, uh, I'm just going back to 1980. Research on the Bubble Up app, right? <laughs> yeah, bottom of the research on the Bubble Up app. The Bubble Up app. We're waiting for that swag, John. When you, when you go back to Jim Finks in the in the early 80s, yes, that, with you, that have was the golden fun, era. The golden era. If you ever go, go back and look at their drafts in the early 80s, and they can see why they were so good. You're going to make people sad if you start. Reading I know, but yeah, so go ahead, go but, ahead. But I, I don't want to do it. But my point is, is that. You know, winning isn't the only thing. It's everything, according to Vince Lombardi. So what right? happened with their And drafts? the quarterback is the only position that you really need to get right. And, Coaching. You know, and co- and then the draft. You have to get better in the draft. And they went for it a couple of years ago with Mac and made that big trade. And then since then, they've kind of backpedaled. And now, you know, Nick Foles came in. And once again. But you know, but you know what, though, with them, though, is like when they have success, they stay in pat. And they just expect it instead of continue to build what on what they're doing. What did they do after doing. that year? What yeah, did they do exactly. after the year they barely lost to the Eagles who beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Yes. What did they do? Well, they had no picks that year because they traded them for Matt. Then you get quality. try to get quality free agents. You try to move. This is what I'm saying about the Bears is that, you know, when they have these, this great season, a 12-4 and four season, what did they do the following year to they're strengthen their team? They're not You're either they're building to pat. a championship or you're selling the rebuild. Yes. When you're in the middle, in which they have been, unfortunately, I, I'm just shocked that people actually go and see him play. Oh. 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 Wow. wow. People love football. This is a football oh, time. No, is... you know what it is? No, you know, you know what they love to do? They love to tailgate. That's what they love. Oh. <laughs> well, are you it's all about the tailgate? Unpopular opinions your, for 200, your, Alex. Where's your loyalty? Who's your team? 
You really need Yeah, to, I want you to you know. know. We, we know yes. that. Well, come on. You don't no, know I, no, I want you to tell the listeners yeah. where well, this is coming well, from. No, the Patriots. He's going to have his Tom Brady shirt okay. on this week. So I have so. my TB12 Uggs on right okay. now. Oh, so, no oh. socks so, either. So Ugg is a good word. Listeners, as you're listening to uh, J-Dub, he's a Patriot fan. He's a Tom Brady fan. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. So his opinion... Don't take it seriously, okay? We're, we're, the, we're, we're the Chicago Bears fans in here. We want to see the Bears do well. We're not haters. Like, like that's I'm, not a hater. No. No, that's not being a hater. No. That's what it's come down to. No. I know personally neighbors of mine that infiltrated the, the, the <laughs> infiltrated. Wisconsin <laughs> and would go down. You guys and, have cameras everywhere, so you can see them. It's, man. All, it's all about the tailgate. It was all about going down with their buddies that's a small he's, number. Timmy? He's Most, limited. Yes, he yes, yes exactly. John, John have, have the Patriots ever won a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line? Well, I mean, I, I you know, it's yes. all relative. Okay, there's a little quiet there. Well, quiet in the room. It's when they had that serial killer. He didn't want to say it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Ah, now you're going to tell me that Tom Brady's a cheater, right? No, that no, that was brilliant, though. I mean, how they used the two tight end sets. Yeah. And they had the bad offensive line and used those yep. guys for blocking schemes. and They and still lost that year. Yep. No, they, they ended up winning the title then with those two guys. I, I think they actually lost to the – that was one of the years they lost to the Giants because that was after the – yeah, that was like 09, 010. Well, they didn't lose to the Giants. They didn't lose to the Giants. They had the one with the catch. With uh, Tyree catch, Ty- yeah. they, they they lost to the defense. They didn't lose well, because no, of their offense. No, no, they that, had to, Timmy's right. That team was unbelievable. And that's the team with Randy Moss. That was a terrible offensive. Line. That was a team with the high scoring team. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a that was a phenomenal team. They lost that Super Bowl because of one great play by one wide receiver. Other than that, they should have destroyed the the New York Giants. That's a defense. I blame the defense. Sure. I would blame whoever the defensive coordinator was who was calling. No, the play. it was a miracle. That was a miracle play. They were on the uh, you know on the verge of becoming the last undefeated team. They since. should have. And it was a remember they had Eli Manning in. Somebody had him in, you know, in their in their arms in their grasp, and he got loose. He threw that pass. Rodney He's Harrison. still suffering all these years later. Yeah, yeah. he is. I remember that play. It was a miracle. Because there was only one wide receiver there, and there was like three or four Patriots yeah. there that yeah. could have made a play and he on the ball. off his helmet, remember? Yes, yes. And it was Rodney Harrison came in. And the same thing happened in. a couple years later with uh, the Seattle Seahawks had the miracle play. And then mm-hmm. and then Butler made the big play because they didn't hand the ball off to Marshawn right. Lynch, and the Patriots won. It was. Just, I'm thinking to myself, here we are. It's going to happen. You know, it's a nightmare again. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this segment of New England Patriots history. <laughs> well, we, we, we have to segue into Tom Brady, don't well, we? Well, that's what I was going to ask Susie. What, what's worse, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning or your husband and his foot Tom Brady footy pajamas cheering on the Patriots on Sunday? <laughs> his onesie. His onesie. <laughs> in the bin. Oh, in the bin. No. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a singlet. Oh, we're going to get to the bin. Trust me. <laughs> The singlet with with oil. (laughs) Bathe. He's lathered in oil, sweating. So so what's worse? Who are you going to be rooting for on Sunday? Me, personally? Yeah. It was a prenup. Like, I go, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I... Oh, I so just, a match set of footy pajamas. I, yeah, no, yeah. I, he's, he's, I just don't get the haters on Tom Brady. I mean, he's he's the American dream personified. You know, underdog works his ass off. Completely you saw that dedicated. video? You threw the touchdown pass to Drew Brees' kid after the game. The oh, day. that was Wasn't so that cute? cute! Did you see that? I did. Did you yeah. hear what he said to his? 
the kid. Did you see? Yeah. So get off the field, you rug rat. No, he said, be nice to your sister. Yes. Oh, that was cute. I mean, how do you hate that guy? I don't know. That's not that hard, really. It's not that hard. No, it's not that hard, Mark. Good call. Well, Good let's job. let's get some predictions on this on these games. Obviously, Tampa Bay going to Lambeau Field to play the Packers, and then Buffalo going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. And the early this is being recorded early in the week. We're getting the feeling that Patrick Mahomes will be cleared and be able to play. Uh, I think they'll work that out for the AFC yeah. Championship oh, you think? game. You think? Who do you guys like? Tampa. Really? Why? Just because Tom Brady has played out in the in the cold, so that's not going to be an issue in that young defense. They got a lot of weapons they're, on offense, they're too. They're not even going to think about the cold, those young guys. And they, they beat the crap out of the Packers earlier First in the season down in Florida. Out, yeah. That was Rodgers' worst game. I think he had like three interceptions in that game. I'm going with Tampa Bay, too, based off of the defense. They've got those young linebackers. Matter of fact, speaking of those young linebackers are on my fantasy team. That's the reason why I've won titles after titles because of those guys. Okay, so their and, defense. And this season was suspended. We heard. Yeah, about this that, is. Yeah. But I'm still a champion yeah. because it was suspended. I'm still the champion of the right. following season. Okay, and I let everybody know that I'm still the champion. I sent out. A, I sent out a, a weekly text and email to let everybody know I'm still the champion. Okay, I'm sure they, they so, appreciate that. You know what, Susan? Your comments are not going unnoticed. Okay, you're, you're getting too comfortable on the microphone over there, Southside. But anyway, Anyway, uh, before I was really interrupted by Southside Susan, she's feeling herself, ladies and gentlemen. She's feeling herself. Um, I'm going with Tampa Bay because I believe that Tom Brady is just going to go in there, no pressure whatsoever. He's been in the cold, like Tim said. He's got a lot of weapons. If they can run the ball, if they can establish the run, that's what sets up all the play action. That's what sets up the, the, the long bombs to all those great receivers they got. If they don't establish the run, it could be a long day. Well, you guys know who I'm going for. Grew up uh, watching the Green Bay Packers, the Frozen Tundra, Bart Starr, the Max McGee, oh, God, I just the quarterback sick. sneak in the ice bowl. Well, sick. as the resident Bears fan, the Packers fan, are going to roll. I'm not, I'm not picking a winner. I'm just going up to tailgate, and I will be. <laughs> That's all that matters is the tailgate, Bay. right? Enjoy are you really? You going to tailgate? I'm thinking about it. Enjoying oh. the ambiance. Hey, good luck winning the tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Is that part of the hey, cleanup? In the other game, I don't care if Mahomes plays or not. Buffalo wins that game. They've no. beat them in the regular season. That Buffalo is not going to happen. They have a great defense. No. They're yeah, physical. They are not going to be. That quarterback. Yep. Not in Kansas yep. City. Kansas. They're not, they're not, not going to go into Kansas City. It's all about beat. the tailgating, Stacey. I'm telling you. They might win the tailgating party because Buffalo does have some crazy fans oh, in the tailgating. The Bills they, Mafia. Yeah, they might have the best tailgating. That's that was cool. awesome. They yeah. gave money to Lamar yes. Jackson. Yes, yes. Uh. But I don't see them going into Kansas City. If Mahomes is healthy, I don't see that happening, man. That that offense is – they can score at will. I'm telling you, Buffalo is going to win that game. They're physical. They've got a tested quarterback. And they're Buffalo. letting crowds back in the games too now. Well, we'll see. So now, that. so now those – like that home field advantage thing now can yeah, really come to play. In on certain teams now in the championship games because Kansas City's going to have all their fans. They're going to let a lot of their fans in. And that's a rowdy place to play. And Green Bay's going to do playing. it. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes going to play. play. I'm going to tell you something. That was really scary seeing him go down like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like that was really scary. And then, then he was allowed to run back to the yeah, locker room. Yeah, I want to meet the trainer that yeah. let him jog off the yeah. field. That looked, head injury. Yeah, he looked like. And Chad Eddy made some big plays at the end. Yeah. He had to scramble, got him close to a first down, and then fourth and one, everyone thought they were going to punt. Including Tony Romo. And Andy <laughs> Ria. Oh. It was not Tony Romo's finest hour, was it? No. 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 <laughs> Tony, Tony was. The body language. They're not going to run a play. Yeah. Uh, run into or the Or maybe they will. <laughs> 
Well, so, uh, doesn't like they're going to run. Well, yes, they are going to run. Oh, my goodness. So maybe Chad Henney can come quarterback for the Bears next year. Huh? No. Chad Henney, is that, is, where is he He played from? in Michigan. Michigan. He yeah. was a mediocre quarterback in college. So was Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was, was Tom Brady. He was 12-4 and four in college, I believe. Chad Henney, Chad Henney no, came Tom in. Brady. Ch- okay. Chad Henney came in and quarterback. Well, he split uh, time with the baseball player. Yeah. Drew Henson. Yeah. Drew Henson. Drew Henson. That's yeah. Right. So, so real quick, speaking of quarterbacks, so Philip Rivers, uh, Big Ben Rossenberger, are any of these guys going to be back? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Drew Brees is gone. Drew Brees is yeah. gone. He's definitely retiring. Da, um, I think Roethlisberger will be back. I do too. Yeah. Um, I don't really know about Phillips Rivers because Phillips Rivers has a lot of kids. Yeah, I was going to say. And, got and you know, he's kids. got a lot of kids, man. And he's missing. You don't get that time back as a father. You know, you don't get that time back. And, and, and that, that plays an important role uh, when it comes time to decide when it's time to walk away. Because, you know, your young kids are growing up and you're playing football and you're doing sports. Uh, we all go through it, you know, and at some point you say, hey, you know what, I got to give this this time to my kids. And I, I think he's at that point right now. He's already accomplished everything except win a Super Bowl. Um, but uh, he's, he's he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's a, he's accomplished everything you can probably accomplish except for winning a Super Bowl. I, I think family means a lot to him. Well, it's time to fill up the beer glasses. Rapid Fire is next. Um, give me the hot sauce. It is rapid fire time on Gimme the Hot Sauce. Stacy had to find some uh, regular nacho Doritos. No, those are the to get Coke, through the last Those are my Coca Cola. Oh yeah, gummy yeah. bears. How about that? The heart, the Haribo Happy Cola. That sounds like some knockoff brand. Look is, at that, is that from yeah. the Far East? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> this is the name brand. Don't be yeah. talking about this the knockoff no, I mean, in the Far East. Come on, what is that? Yeah, yeah well, I, who ever heard of Haribo? Haribo, Haribo is, is a company. It's, 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 this is the legit. Is that real Coke? I think there's going to be a lawsuit from yeah. a Coca-Cola company. Why wouldn't Coke have one of those? Look, I mean, it's listen, a good idea. Listen, this is this is the the original one. Okay. Before y'all start, not to be now, 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 listen. See, now this could have been a sponsor. Now y'all just ran them <laughs> off. Haribo could have been a sponsor and could have gave us all these gummies for free, but now y'all ran them off. Haribo, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm still gonna eat you no matter what. I'm gonna eat my little. Now, are they shaped like little Coke bottles? Yeah. Or, yeah. Did you get those at the Oriental is, Trading nice. Company or something? Wow. <laughs> wow. That's it. I, I gotta believe a lawsuit is in the works. There is. There, there is, is. No way that yeah. that's legal. That is legal, man. This is. They, they didn't call it the Coca. They just said Happy Cola. Hey, can I have one? No, you're not getting anything. No, no. Kids, look at it. Look at kids and grown-ups love it. So, okay, it it has a little. What about the dog on this? Are we recording this? Can they see this? No. Well, yeah. Who is okay? First of all, listeners, listeners, listen, listeners, listen, listen to this. How many of you ever had these gummy colas? (laughs) Please, please send in and, and tweet me. Instagram me when you hear this show, and please tell me you've had these Happy Cola gummy bears. They Arable. are awesome. Haribo. H-A-R-I-B-O. H-A-R-I-B-O. And, and we're open for sponsorship. Yeah, we're, we're, on we're not going to get them, <laughs> so you might as well forget it. It's out the door, Mark Janowski. Thank you very much. Hey, maybe Pepsi makes it. Hey. And now I'm going to have to buy these now because I was hoping to get them free. He gets them by the case. Bootleg. Bootleg oh my gosh. Coca-Cola. I'm done with y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all are killing me tonight. All right, well, let's, let's talk a little bit of baseball. They're planning to do 162 games. First of all, is that realistic? And they're talking about spring training in about a month. Pitchers and catchers, like nothing's going to be a problem. And when are they going to get fans in the stands? This is a, this is an interesting concept. Can they get a full season in, Stacey? Uh, I'm just looking at the NBA. I, I don't think so. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll be lucky to get in, you know, 120. You know, I mean, that should have been the target goal somewhere around there. Um, but they're probably basing it off of, you know, the vaccination. Maybe they're going to be able to get the vaccination at that time. So maybe they're basing that off of that. I don't know. Yeah. But just by looking at the NBA and how many games have been canceled within the last two weeks of the NBA, I don't know, man. That's going to be tough. Well, we know the players are – it's a win for them because they're going to get full pay. That's why they wanted to try to play the full season. Yeah, yeah. and so that's interesting because, remember, last year – Right, that was the a 50 big games, point of contention. Yeah, so we'll see. It's all fluid. I'm, I'm interested in the actual play when they start, the seven-inning doubleheader – which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people oh, thought yeah, that would disappear. The, explain the rules. Because you, you were telling me about these rules about guys starting at second, like Little League. Yeah, they yeah, thought you know. that was just going to be something for the shortened COVID but, season, but, but they it, decided that yeah. it's good. It well, speeds things up. Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms of, you know, helping the pitching staffs, when you start playing these uh, long extra inning games. Like, and if you have postponements because of COVID, you can make it. Yeah, you, you can, can make, play all exactly. those doubleheaders. Remember, can, Cardinals played like all those doubleheaders oh late my God. to catch we, up. We did the Brewers. Yeah, we did a ton of doubleheaders, and it, it worked. I mean, it, it, it you get two games in um, in a short time period. I think you're saving pitchers' arms with not the extra innings because you got a guy on second now. So to start you, extra innings, yeah, yeah, runner on second, yeah, which is great because now there's a little you know drama right away. You got a guy in second. Like, what's your philosophy? You're gonna try to right. move him over and stuff. My other uh, would be um, the DH uh, to see where that lands. Because we talked about Schwarber playing for the Nationals. The Nationals, and John Lester's there now, too. He signed a one-year yeah, deal. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. Because I am much of a National League guy. I love it. But the game has completely changed from, you know, back in the uh, you know days of the St. Louis Cardinals, the punt and run and hit and run, right. you know, Ozzie Smith and, and Coleman. That's, those days are over. It's all. The it's three, all about the home run. That's why true outcomes. So Theo Epstein's going to the to the commissioner's office to try to get more action in the game. They yeah. said all it is is home runs and strikeouts. Right, and I think you know a pitcher hitting now. I mean, I, I I don't know. I think it. You know, there's a lot of pitchers that can hit. You know, uh, but I also think like you know Bumgarner. He's a great watch because he can hit the ball. Um, but I also think that it might be time to to now just adopt the DH in the National League. Well, a lot of teams are really cutting back because of the thought that there aren't going to be fans in the stands early in the year. The Cubs are slashing payroll. A lot of their fans are unhappy. But, Stacy, the White Sox are going for it. Jerry Reinsdorf has authorized his front office. We're going to try to win a championship. They signed Liam Hendricks, the best closer available on the market. And, and the White Sox are right there with the Yankees as the teams to beat in the American League. Well, I tell you what, I mean, you know, I, I thought the White Sox had a legit chance this past season to win, and then they kind of faltered in the playoffs and got beat by the A's. It seemed like the A's always have their number. Um, but give Jerry credit. I mean, you know, in a time where, you know, most people are, are, are not spending, you know, he's trying to win a championship. He recognized that the window of opportunity is not going to be there forever, and when you got the personnel to do it, you go for it. So, Kudos to him, man. I mean, he's a, he's a champion. He's a championship owner, man. Basketball and baseball. I Give just noticed that uh, King is as much a company man in words as, oh, as, wow. as in wardrobe. Wow. Because if you if you're watching this, you know, oh, on wow. YouTube, which you're not, you're not, but I will fill it it's in for you. It's coming soon. What is that? Wait, wait, wait. 
He's got the White Sox cap on and oh, the Bulls okay. pullover. So listen, not everybody could get a bubble up tight sweatshirt <laughs> on. Okay, like you got muscles. It's, it's like one size too small. Matter of fact, I it's, think it's, Susan it's should be wearing that one. It's a okay, a medium. If you want to check the label, no, it's no, 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 no. But but it's Susan should be wearing that. Okay, you're wearing it like you got muscles. Okay, like I seen you in your little your little singlet with oil on your body, and you're not cut up. So you look cut up in the bubble up Speaking shirt, Speaking of though. cut up, Conor McGregor, can we move yeah, on? Did you see him arriving? Have, have another one of your horrible. Hey, did you see Conor McGregor arriving? No shirt on. He's, he's ready to oh, roll. Oh, he's ready, he's ready to roll, fight. man. Yeah. He's going to win. He's going to knock out Dustin Poirier. Well, what does that mean, though? What does that really mean? He's for... a bad man. Okay. Okay, he's a bad man. He's notorious. Okay. Yes, he's notorious. But the thing I like about Conor, as I'm eating my... <laughs> it's the overdose. I'm eating. I'm eating my knockoff coke. I'm, I'm eating my hey. little coke bottles right oh now, ladies goodness. and gentlemen. We can okay. tell. We hear. Haribo, if you hear me right now, I'm eating these beautiful Coke bottle gummy bears right now. And if you want to come back to us and give us a, a sponsorship, we'll take it. I'm eating them. The other guys are not. They're making fun of me, but I'm I'm sponsoring. Eat Haribo gummy bears. They are the best. They have gummy colas. They're the best. That's my little pitch right there, guys. But so back to Conor McGregor. Yeah. Back to Conor McGregor. Let me swallow my coat real quick. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. So Conor McGregor is is a guy that he's on a mission now. Okay, he got beat by Khabib, you know, and he wasn't the Conor McGregor. Okay, and here's what I'll say about that fight: Khabib had to be at his best to beat Conor. Conor was at his worst and still. Be, still battle Khabib better than anybody's ever fought him. Khabib had never lost a round until he faced Conor McGregor, okay? So I'm the one to believe that if Conor wins his fight and beats Dustin Poirier, which I believe he will, he'll put himself in position to fight Khabib again for Khabib's 30th because he's 29-0. His father, who passed away this past year from COVID, wanted him to be 30 and then retire. That 30th fight will be against Conor McGregor, which will be the biggest fight in UFC history, the most that? money, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. You you sound like you're a promoter. You sound like you got. I'm your a big you, I'm a big UFC fan. I mean, me and Tim, me and Timmy Whispers, we go to every UFC event that comes to uh, the United Center. I'm right there, front and center, and I'm a big fan. I'm a big, you know, combat sport fan. I'm, I love boxing, but UFC is the best. I don't miss any of the big cards. You know, I plan that we have a game on Saturday, which kind of stinks. So I'm going to have uh, my kids are coming over, so they're going to have to tape it for me. And I, you know, the Bulls are winning right now, so I can afford to go. <laughs> if the Bulls were not winning, I'd be like, oh, man, should I call in sick? No, no, I catch you. Oh, sorry. Did call I say that? Sick? Did I say that? I'm sorry. I, I would never call in sick. I'm sorry. No, I'm just playing. But I, I'm serious. It, it's a fight I want to see because it's, it's a big fight, and he's a big-time fighter. And like I said, man, I, I I just love his swagger. I love someone that tells you what he's going to do. I'm going to knock you out in the first round, and he'll go knock you out in the first round. Now, he did predict he's going to knock this guy in 60 seconds. I don't see that happening, but I do see him winning by knockout. I see late first round, though. It could be red panty night for Poirier. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, only true UFC fans know what he's talking about. Yeah. So you guys thought it was some perverted stuff by yeah. Timmy Whispers because yeah. he's been known to say perverted yeah. stuff on the mic. Almost Man, all the time. Many times. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that comes out of his mouth has been perverted since we started this show. So I can see why y'all would think that that's what he meant. But we'll explain it to the folks. Explain it. 
Well, uh, years ago, uh, he, he used to say to guys that got their opportunity to fight McGregor that, call your wife, it's a red panty night. <laughs> <laughs> so, you finally got your shot. So, that, see, that's exactly what he said. So, I'm still choking on my Coke bottles, right? Because <laughs> I was taking a break while Tim was talking. Now I'm, I'm back on the mic now. Don't you think you've had enough? No, I haven't had enough. No, I haven't had enough. I mean, really focused on Diaz so, early, early on. He was the first victim of that line. So Conor McGregor, just a little short thing about Conor McGregor, changed the whole fight game of the UFC. He, not only is he the highest gate winner there, okay, he put the spotlight on the UFC. Okay, anytime he fights, everyone wants to see it. That's the reason why they got to deal with ESPN, because of Conor McGregor. It wasn't because, oh, the UFC, UFC is awesome, da-da-da. It's because they, they have the best fighter. And Conor McGregor brings, puts people in the seats. So that's why they have him. And that's why he's going to be in the, the championship again? That's why. And that's why it's red panty night, as okay. Tim would say. <laughs> because when you fight Conor McGregor, as he, would tell, he told these people this at the press conference. He said, hey, look, when you fight me, I change your life. I change your whole world. You make the most money than you ever made in your life in 10 fights when you fight me. So you'll get on the phone and you say, hey, honey, we made it. Oh, we made it. We're going to fight Conor McGregor. Oh, put the red pennies on. <laughs> That's what he says. Can you buy a brand name of those? <laughs> listen, listen, you keep talking about my Haribo's, okay? Haribo Happy Cola. That's probably not even how you pronounce it. it you listen, know? Haribo. I mean, we have okay. no idea how to listen. pronounce it. Listen, you know what, Shanowski? Every time wow. you like, like like Tyson, you bite me in the earlobe. Okay? Haribo. Well, it could be Haribo. No, it, it could be, be Haribo. It could yeah. be, yeah, but that didn't even sound Haribo. right. Haribo. I mean, we don't Haribo know. They're made in the Far East. We don't no, know. No, they're made in, let me see where they're made China. In. No. Made in America. No. Oh, Lord. Made in, yeah. Haribo. Haribo Guatemala. of America, Inc. It's made, it's in Rosemont, Illinois. So if you're listening, Haribo in Rosemont, Illinois, we are looking for sponsors, and I will eat the crap out of these Happy Colas because I love them. So if you don't mind, listen, I don't turn nothing down by my collar. So if you're listening out there, if you just happen to send a case of them, I'll take them. Well, while Stacey enjoys this Haribo Coke knockoffs, we're going to go on the down low next. I think we've been doing that the whole show, but that's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. John's going to put on a singlet and oil up and ready to roll. <laughs> Red Penny Night. <laughs> we've had a ton of fun here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We've done on the download really throughout the show because uh, we've told some incredible stories. Stacy's hawking products. I mean, we got all kinds of things going on. <laughs> and, and speaking of hawking products, you know, we've been making a lot of fun of, of J Dub with his uh, bin and his singlet and getting all oiled up to check out his baseball cards. But you, you found out that the, a Mickey Mantle rookie card... Shattered record. Is, ...is valuable, real valuable. $5.2 million. That's pretty, That's valuable. pretty valuable. That's a 52 Mantle. That was his rookie year. But uh, uh, I have a 68, so I'm not That's sure... 16 if, years later, though, Jim. Right, I don't know how much it's He worth, could barely but, walk in 68. But it's just cool to say I got a 68 <laughs> Mantle card. That was so. his first liver. <laughs> oh, Wow. wow. Mickey was a was a hard liver. There's there's no question about it. I probably have a couple of Mickey mail cards. Oh, now you're. I, now I don't you're have collector. I don't have them in a bin or anything like that. Okay. In the basement. I, th- in I think a crawl space. I think you're up in an attic in a shoebox. Is probably where they're. At. Well, that, don't they should be under plastic? Like you lectured me. A no, couple no, weeks of ago. course, of course. I never got cards thinking I'd, they'd be valuable forty years later. You know, or whatever it is, fifty years later. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy. But th- those cards. 
do appreciate and value if you keep them in, in mint condition. Is, is your 68 card in mint condition? Yeah, I think I brought it in. It was in plastic. You just don't remember it. But yes, it's in mint condition. Except for the oil thumbprint. Simple, yeah. Was Mickey batting left-handed or right-handed in the card? I, I don't remember. I think he's batting left-handed in the card. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it back in if you want me to go retrieve it. From well, let's, uh, you know, let's go find out how much it, it's worth. And yeah. Split it amongst no, everybody it's, here. It's it's worth it's it's worth yes. about probably a couple you know, years back it was worth about a hundred and something dollars. So I'm gonna say appreciation, it's probably worth maybe five hundred dollars. And these cards are still holding their value in the pandemic and everything else. People still are looking for these cards. Mark, Mickey Mantle card shatters. Yeah, but that's a one in a million kind of card. That's yeah. like the Honus Wagner card, yeah. you know. Listen, I don't collect them for the money, Mark. I'm not in it for the money. Right. I'm You're in it for the oil <laughs> and the singlets. <laughs> <laughs> to walk around the basement. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just in it to you know to remember, you know nostalgia, the nostalgia and to look at the cards and that's look, so cute. You know? Yeah. And That's hey, so if they're worth something down the line, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I m- remember the Walter Payton card I have. Remember? That's right. Right. Okay. That's so, very valuable. Very valuable. And very when you knocked valuable. over your neighbor and stole his Ted yes, Williams exactly. card, I remember that too. Right. Yeah, Is there anything else on down low besides the <laughs> Well, you know, speaking, I, of, speaking of your neighborhood, you know, we've heard that you've had, you know, some rather interesting encounters with your FedEx drivers. Southside Susie, now all of a sudden the driver's trying to make up and. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they come in two flavors. I either have the drivers that won't deliver to my house because mm-hmm. I have dogs, or now I've got drivers that are sweet on my dog. They're, they stop by. They don't even have packages to deliver, and they're just giving dog bones to Bella. I don't know what's going on. Sounds a little shady, don't you think, Stacey? Real shady. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like, you know, you might want to take those and confiscate those uh, treats All of a sudden, up. the dog's in a real deep yeah. sleep. The dog, dog is sleeping, <laughs> sleeping face first in the snow. <laughs> Can't breathe. <laughs> the camera's the camera catches the guy yeah. throwing him out there. Bella, 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 yeah. Bella come wow. here! I got a special treat for you. See, uh, see what kind of stuff I catch on my driver. Yeah, camera. that I'm, I'm. That's a serious camera, though. I, I'm gonna say that is like that's high tech. Stacy, is your new puppy arrived? It's supposed to be here next week. Kobe Kai. Yeah, Kobe Kai is Kobe coming. Kai. He's coming, man. He's I started coming. watching uh, season three. I got just through the first two episodes. You like it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love the show because the way they've, you know, taken the characters forward and having their fight reflecting their kids, it's been good. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome show. Another show I, I'm telling you guys to watch is uh, All American. That's a yeah. great show. That's a great show. If you like Friday Night Lights, ladies and gentlemen, you'll like All American. And and something that's new that's out on uh, Amazon Prime, One Night in Miami, showing all the oh. greats, Jim Brown, Muhammad oh. Ali, I, Sam I started Cook. watching it. I started watching it yesterday afternoon before I had to go to the game, mm-hmm. which was a big mistake. I should have waited. <laughs> He's call, talking about calling in sick again. I yeah, I almost called in sick to watch uh, One Night in Miami. You know, at first when I when I, I didn't really I hadn't had I hadn't heard about the movie. I didn't know what it was about. And I thought, you know, my friend said, hey, man, did you see them, the movie, you know, One Night in Miami? Yeah. And I thought it was a porn movie or something. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, come on, man. I'm a married man. I don't look at that kind of stuff. But then I, he said, no, no, idiot. It's a, it's a movie. It's, a, it's with Jim Brown. It's Muhammad yep. Ali. And it was during that time when um, Muhammad Ali was fighting Sonny Liston. Right. And all the things that went on behind the scenes that really no one knew about unless they were actually there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know Sam Cooke was involved in, in you know, behind the scenes, you know, and I'm a big Sam Cooke uh, fan, but um, it's a very interesting story. Um, gives you some insight of what 
Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and you know Jim Brown, all those guys were experiencing in the '60s. It's a it's a really good movie. So before we get out of here, you know, we've all seen the the numbers climbing and all these lottery jackpots, and we're wondering if Stacy King won the lottery, what would you do with all that money? <laughs> now, I know you. Buy, the, I know you'd bunch, buy a bunch of Haribo, uh, uh, Coca Cola uh, snacks. Yeah. You know, do you really want me to be politically correct? Or do you want the truth? <laughs> okay, we want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. If I if I want it like right now, right like now. right now, right now. <sighs> okay, I'd probably. Uh, I'd probably rent out a <laughs> rent out the scoreboard in uh, the United States. Oh my God! <laughs> and have a video have me. a video message of me up there uh, in Bora Bora somewhere, and send a special <laughs> shout out to all the fans, and you know let them know I love y'all, but I'm out. And drive I'm dropping home, the drive mic. home safely. Drive, drive home safely. I'll be having a fruity drink. I'll be sitting out there in one of them little houses on the on the ocean, jumping in the ocean, swimming, and they'd be like everybody like where's Stacy? He didn't tell us he was going anywhere. Nah, I'm gone. I'm gone. Are we 500 still, million, I'm out of here. Are we still Austin doing the podcast Red. on your island? No, y'all on your own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it was different yesterday. He was taking, <laughs> taking us along. Yeah. Listen, yeah. listen, man. Listen, we're, hey, listen. I'm not leaving this podcast. This podcast is fun. You guys are awesome. But if I got 500 million, hey, y'all can do your own podcast. I'll, I will I will broadcast from Bora Bora. We can, I'll, buy all the, I'll buy us all the expensive uh, you know, gear and stuff we can use, and I'll be just broadcasting from the ocean, it's just floating on the ocean in a, in a little, little raft, my feet in the water. Yeah. Well, now we know what we really mean to the king. I might take y'all with to, me, though. Yeah. All right. I might take you with me. But y'all, 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 you, you guys might not want to go. Bungalow, right? You guys might not want to go, though. You know, Tim will go. Uh, we'll be out in the uh, coach house like Cato Kalen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, listen, man. Yeah, we all we travel in first class. It's all, all for one, one for all. Like I said, Michael Jackson didn't leave the Jackson 5 until he had to. <laughs> there was no turning back. You know, until he had to. He was family. He was he was with the family until he had to go. And I'm the same way. I'm gonna be here yeah. on this note. I am here with you guys. <laughs> okay, until I have to go. Okay, beat it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you just. I'm with you guys. We're family, man. This is this is the funnest I've ever had doing this stuff. I just want to throw that out there to you. But I'm here to the end till I have to go. Well, I think we've done all the damage we possibly can on this show. We've, we've destroyed sponsors. We've trashed snacks. We've just talked about every story imaginable. I want to thank uh, Bill Cartwright for being such a good sport. Technology is your friend. And we'll be coming at you again with a brand new episode next week. Stacy, take us out. Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, beep. Beat it. Hee <laughs> hee.